0: Have you ever found yourself in a position where you have to go the extra mile to prove you're not racist? You might think, it's not my problem when people of color are offended by things you inadvertently say or do. But that's why this podcast is here, to challenge you to do better. Because when you know better, you do better. Welcome to the Not My Problem Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back. So. As I mentioned in the first episode of this podcast, um, I am a licensed mental health counselor based out of Orlando, Florida, Um, and so some of what we're going to discuss today will focus on the brain, um, our subconscious, and how all of that plays a really important role in racism. So uh, first, we're going to start by discussing our unconscious mind. So our unconscious mind or our subconscious is part of the brain that is not accessible to our conscious mind. Uh, It drives our behaviors in ways that we don't really notice. Uh, So you might see an example of this, uh, maybe driving home and not remembering the route, um, but you still get home safely. Uh, This is our subconscious mind acting for us without our conscious mind really being present. Um, And this can make recognizing our racial bias really, really difficult. Uh, You might think that you don't have a a bias, but your behaviors will, uh, they'll say otherwise. Uh, If you have bias, and I, I shouldn't say if, because we all do, Um, then they're in your unconscious and they're in your unconscious mind. You won't be able to recognize them uh, unless you actively try to identify them. You have to intentionally pull them out and work on them or they'll dictate and control your behaviors. Your conscious mind acts out behaviors while your unconscious mind informs the behavior that you're that you're showing. Uh, so for example, you could be walking down the road and have an unconscious bias, uh, that, uh, the black person walking towards you is dangerous. Uh, so then you cross the street. Uh, and then let's say somebody asks you like, Hey, why did you cross the street when that person came closer to you? And your response is, Oh, I crossed the street because the sun was in my eyes. And you truly believe that, um, you believe the response that your conscious mind is giving you. So the unconscious mind is pulling the levers, but your conscious mind is providing the excuses. So here is where defending ourselves when we're called out about something that we said or did that's racist is problematic. Uh, And here's where we miss an opportunity to see our bias. Right, so if somebody says to you like, hey, no, I think you crossed the street because he's black. Instead of denying that, that might be a really, really good opportunity you know, instead of arguing about whether the sun was in your eyes or not, that can be a really great opportunity for you to take that moment and say, hmm, thank you for bringing that to my attention, and then intentionally explore that thought in your conscious mind. So our unconscious mind serves as a, a shortcut for us. Our brains have a lot of work to do, uh, and from the beginning of life, it's, it's trying its best to be more efficient. Uh, and this is how we're able to make quick decisions. Uh, oftentimes, our unconscious mind prefers speed over accuracy or rationale. So in order for our mind to fully function, we can't pay attention to every detail of everything that happens every day. So if we see someone who looks different from us, our brain automatically says, I'm not going to go through the trouble of talking to them to get, information, to get more information about them. It'll just take the easiest, most readily available information about them which is typically their appearance, and will apply all of the stereotypes we already have in our unconscious mind. So we won't even really notice that we're doing it. Um, and there's a lot of data and research that supports that biases begin to develop from the age of three to four years old. And this is why diversity is so important. So if we're exposed to people of all races really, really often, It's really difficult for our brain to connect racial stereotypes. Okay, so then we have our conscious mind, which focuses on accuracy. So this part of your brain stays involved when accuracy is important to you uh, or when you're learning new information. So right now you might be in your conscious brain because you're getting new information and you're trying to learn new things. And being in your conscious mind is the only way you can challenge biases that are hiding in your unconscious mind. So let's say you're driving and the person in front of you is driving reckless. And you pull up next to them and they look completely different than what you expected them to look like. You were wrong because you made an assumption based on your bias and not based on fact. So what you need to do next is pull it from your unconscious mind and into your conscious mind to challenge it. It would be really easy for us to ignore that we expected the person to look different and not challenge it further. And our brain can easily ignore that. Um, And it's reasons like this, that you'll hear someone say like, Oh, I I can't be racist because I have black friends. Um, And they'll use that as rationale for not having negative racial bias. So, The reason I'm mentioning this is because your brain is really, really good at making an exception for people you love from the bias you have that still affect the rest of your decision-making. Okay, so you have a black friend, you have a black husband, a child, whatever, uh, but your brain will exclude them from your biases because it has connections with them. Your brain will say, okay, I know this person and I have information on this person, so they're different. But just because you don't apply your biases to them does not mean that, that you don't apply them to other people of that same group. So um, Dr. Frances Abu did some research in Canada about children and racial biases in a predominantly white school in an upper middle class neighborhood. Uh, she showed them some pictures of white faces and black faces and asked them to add descriptors. Uh, so, for example, she would say, um, which face do you think is the most generous? Which face do you think is the most kind? Which face do you think wouldn't share their toys? The children overwhelmingly put negative characteristics to black faces and positive characteristics to white faces. So, at that point the researcher said, "Hmm, well, we know that they're not getting these messages from school. They must be hearing these things at home." So she took the research a step further. Okay, so she went to the students' homes to talk to their parents, and the parents were appalled that their child picked negative stereotypes for the black faces and denied having any racism at all in their own lives. So, now everybody's thinking, race and racism isn't discussed at home, it's not discussed at school, but it's clearly there. It's clearly showing up in these children's answers. So from there, she took the research to other institutions to get a more diverse look at what she was finding. The data from that showed that black and white children made negative characteristics about black faces and positive characteristics about white faces. Or characterizations, I should say. Um, so the issue became bigger and bigger. So then she said, hmm, let's see what it takes to change these ideas. So as she studied more, she found that by the age of six and seven, children reported less negative biases. So she took a closer look at that, thinking "Hmm, maybe the biases are going away as children are getting older. So she did a variety of different things. So we're going to talk about some of them briefly. She had a researcher read the children a story about a black child and a white child. And the white child gets in a lot of trouble in the book and the black child saves the day. And throughout the story, several positive characteristics were given about the black child. About an hour after reading the story, they asked the children about it. And most of the children remembered the story wrong. They continued to say that the white child saved the day and that the black child was the troublemaker. So here is where our unconscious mind is really challenging what we thought we saw and what we thought we heard. So then they took the stories a little bit further. While reading the book, they would pause and describe the positive characteristics of the black child to ensure the message was given clearly. So they would list all of the positive characteristics and attribute them to the black child and all the negative characteristics and attribute them to the white child in a really, really obvious way with a really heavy emphasis on race Um, And even doing that, it only changed the student's perspective slightly. So then they tried this on on the older children who showed less racial bias when attributing negative characteristics to black faces. They first had a white researcher read the book to the children. The children reported more biases. They then had a black researcher read the same book and ask the same questions. And the children reported less biases. So this tells us something really important. This tells us that by the ages of six and seven, biases don't go away, but we learn to hide them. We learn that it's not socially acceptable to say those things, particularly to black people. Uh, And it doesn't go away, but we learn that it's not acceptable. And this is critical. Um, When children are saying biased things out loud, This is when we can intervene and disrupt it. Once we've forced it underground, it gets a lot harder to get to it and to notice it. Once it gets forced into our subconscious, it gets difficult to notice that we have them. It's our responsibility to intentionally pay attention to these biases and pull them out from our conscious mind so we can focus on correcting them and challenging them. Okay, so this brings me to our call for action for this week. So this week, I would like to ask that you be intentional about questioning your behavior and challenging it. All right, everyone, that's all for today. If you'd like to send us a message or you think you have something valuable to add to the show and would like to be a guest, uh, send us the message on Facebook at www.notmyproblem.com. I'm sorry, www.facebook.com forward slash not my problem podcast. Thank you.